1: Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from ScottArtis.com.
0: I'm Heather Artis from BlackPearlMinute.com.
1: Thanks for joining us for Minute 96 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. And yesterday, if you haven't caught the show, was great. We're on a roll with Golden Guest, I should say. We had... Adam Liebrich Johnson, a pirate, doesn't really want us to call him a real pirate. But in our eyes, he's a real pirate. I saw a photo of him on our Cursed Listeners Group Facebook post holding a blunderbuss. And I don't know about you, pirates hold blunderbusses. He (laughs) can tell us he's not a pirate. He tried to do that. He said he was a weekend pirate. He just plays one on TV kind of deal. But I don't know. I'm not sure I buy that. He might just be a real pirate. But then yesterday, we actually had Andrew and Carson from Carson and Andrew.com. And they are hosting a podcast. It's called Slapdash Scripts. And they told us all about it. They're a great guest. They also had a back to the point podcast, which is how we all got connected. And they were reviewing all of the Pirates of the Caribbean films. So we connected up and had them on the show. And they're also some film students and all that kind of good stuff. So they broke down and helped us analyze minute 95. So we had some good laughs. Yeah. And they even put me on the spot. And I may have Gone a little over the line with, well, let's just say helping Heather ease into being stranded on an island. Yeah. No, that was the thing, though. You said you, I I had to make a command decision that this is in your best interest. I think you you just didn't want me around anymore. Did you go to sleep. You know, why have you starved to death when you could look for the ship and then you could just peacefully go to sleep? Uh That's all I was. Love. It was pure (laughs) love in my heart that I said that. Pure love. I swear. I, I'm serious.
0: Uh-huh. was. It was I all know. out of love. <laughs> yeah. I got, that,
1: I got that little Rigetti laugh going on.
0: <laughs>
1: Go check out our Facebook page. I'll post some links to Andrew and Carson's podcast and share some of their cool stuff. Because they're really doing some unique, interesting work with scripts and theaters and time limits and keywords and trying to mash it all together and have some fun with it. Pretty cool. And urge you to check it out. Yeah. And they were also great guests. So it's, it's definitely a fun podcast and like i said we are gold on guests so far so thanks to everybody that just means uh we're gonna have the pressure is gonna be on lord of the rings minute because we're having cassandra and norman come on here actually i think it's probably a few weeks from now a couple weeks from now but they also are like i said they're doing lord of the rings minute but they just actually got nominated for an award from dragon con for a podcast so oh, that's
0: awesome yeah
1: they're up for an award for that yeah. so we are just going to continue this fireball streak of having these Wonderful awesome golden guests. guests on yeah and as far as awards i will probably give myself an award after the show just for my awesomeness of course you will i already got a whole shelf full of those <laughs> awards that i have given myself <laughs> for being awesome yeah it's pretty cool yes i know everybody's jealous But back to where we should be, it's Dead Men Tell No Tales official opening day. I suspect everyone will be listening to our show first, then going to see the movie sometime this weekend. I think that's pretty much the priority of things. Like I said before, we'll be talking about the movie three or four years from now, so you can start planning of when we're actually going to do Dead Men Tell No Tales, and we'll start breaking it down minute by minute. We'll talk about it first with no spoilers on Monday's episode. I'm sure that's probably when it'll come out. And then we plan to have a weekend bonus where we dive further into the movie. And go from there because we can't just let that sit. We'll have to have some kind of spoiler episode. But we don't want to hit you with a s- bunch of spoilers just in a regular episode. So we'll try and gloss over it.
0: I thought we were doing minute by minute on it after seeing it only twice. Yeah,
1: that was your idea. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine how much stuff you'd get wrong?
0: Because oh, yeah. you, you can't even look at it. We're not
1: talking recording. It's just got to be off memory. So we'd all have to come together. <laughs> That'd be what kind happened of funny. in this minute? What happened in that minute? No, but we'll keep you posted on... The bonus episode, and like I said, the next episode, probably Monday or so, you'll see us talking about the film, actually. Yes. But no spoilers, so don't worry.
0: I'll hog tie Scott so he can't do any spoilers.
1: Exactly. Just for that, you always hogtie me anyways. I also want to let everybody know we will be joining Brady, Chris, and Kyle, the guys over at Pele Media, on a special Pirates of the Caribbean episode for their Patreon supporters. There, we will be discussing all things Pirates of the Caribbean, from the movies including Dead Men Tell No Tales, to The Rides and to the other films. And I believe it's coming out the weekend of June 3rd, but if that changes, I'll let everyone know. You can check them out at patreon.com slash Pele Media. Plus, you'll get access to all their back catalog and bonus content. So head on over there, and then you can hear even more Pirates of the Caribbean action. If you want to hear me just non-stop all the time, (laughs) you'll do that.
0: (laughs) Uh,
1: hey, I do it and that, I'm great. That's your torture. I am fabulous. What the ah! hell are you talking about? I'm fabulous. I I plug in. It's like I go to sleep listening to my own voice. It's just on a recording. Scott, you're so awesome. Scott, you're so awesome.
0: <laughs> Glad you have your earphones in. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what the heck? Don't forget, we'd love to hear and share your thoughts on the new Pirates of the Caribbean film. So drop us a comment on social media. Hit us at podcast at com or leave a message at 8637-PIRATE. It's our phone line. Just love to get messages there because then we can play them on the air. And then that's less work for us to do. If you guys yeah. fill it up, then we, we don't just have to play, do anything.
0: We'll just have an episode of messages.
1: Yeah. Or we could do that thing of Scott's Awesome and just replays and repeats. Mm. For, that could work. People might I'm like that. I'm
0: not so sure about that.
1: Whatever. People don't know what entertainment is anymore these days, do they?
0: That sounded like you're really old. <laughs>
1: That's a beat down it sounded like. How dare you. Well, you're the one that said it. I didn't say anything. Now let's get this ship moving. That's enough of that. In the previous minute, Captain Barbosa and Jack Sparrow, Captain Jack Sparrow, engage in a little dive for your flintlock pistol. Popular summertime pool game, enjoyed by countless kids and adults all over the world. Brought to you by Hasbro. Jack forgoes the traditional swimming attire and snorkel, decides to dive in fully clothed, breaking the curse of the movie cliché swan dive by conspicuously not pulling that bird named dive. Oh, you tricky hand-tied bastard. (laughs) Let's also not forget that Barbosa once again appoints Jack governor of that deserted little spot of sandy heaven, and at the swearing-in ceremony provides that all-true political advice. That same advice we hear all over the country when politicians are sworn into office. You can be the gentleman and shoot the lady and starve to death yourself. (laughs) Minute 96 begins with Elizabeth Swan and Captain Jack Sparrow walking from the ocean onto the beach where they have been marooned by the cursed crew. The black pearl and its unnatural fog remain in the distance. Jack says, that's the second time I've had to watch that man sail away with my ship. The minute ends with Elizabeth asking, how did you escape last time? Gently pushing her backwards, Jack begins to divulge his secret saying, last dot dot dot.
0: I put a couple extra dots in there just because it's a pretty um, exciting last. Last what? And we have to wait till Monday to get the answer. That we do. So I've got five. I've got five dots, not just three. I don't know
1: if five dots is, you're supposed to do that. Five dots is like over the line, right? No. Okay. Stand corrected.
0: Three question marks. Wow. Yeah. That's a really important question. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I don't even know where to go with
0: that. <laughs> of course you don't.
1: Did you have anywhere you wanted to start?
0: No, you can go ahead and just... You have a spot?
1: We get some great character and background information on Jack Sparrow in this particular minute. It says, Jack Sparrow and Elizabeth interaction on the island here. For most of the film, we are left with Jack continually giving his catchphrase... Well, actually, two pop culture famous catchphrases to be more Savvy? precise. No? Oh. He has a lot of catchphrases. If you open your ears, <laughs> you hear these things. The first is, you have heard of me, or, but you have heard of me. There's variations of it. He just wants people to hear of him. And the other is, I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. Right? Yes. Four words that sum up his reputation, or supposedly. You don't even need any more of that. I'm Captain Jack Sparrow.
0: It explains everything right there. That's right. At
1: least it's supposed to explain everything. It's interesting because I don't think we really get much backstory about Jack and who he is. Especially regarding his previous escapades. And I get that feeling actually for much of the previous 95 minutes that we really haven't seen much backstory on it. Right. We were left as an audience wondering if Jack really was famous enough that other people have really heard of him or who he is. Cuz a lot of it it could be like this. If somebody wanted to use an example that's not true, they could say, "Yeah, that's Scott. He's really talking about being awesome and doing all these things. Is he really that awesome?" Well, the answer is yes. But
0: In his own ah! what-
1: How dare you. But the example is because people don't know me, which they should. But that you get the idea there? Because he's saying it. He's saying he's done all these things. He thinks people should have heard of him or you have heard of me, right? So he's hoping his reputation precedes him. That's what's going on. And here we get that same thing as an audience. We're wondering, is he really that awesome that he says he is? Or is he not as awesome as he says he is, right? Right. Right. Because is it just something that's in his mind or he wants to be known, well-known? You know, we've talked quite a bit about that. So where I'm going with all this is that even Norrington gives like a half-assed response like, yeah, maybe I've heard of you a bit, but you're nothing more than a second-rate pirate in the beginning. Remember? Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of this, I mean, not to mention the worst pirate I've ever heard of or the worst pirate I've ever seen, which is another catchphrase that's linked with the ones I mentioned here, but... Elizabeth confirms that Jack really is the pirate he thinks he is. We were left wondering if all this time this was just stuff in his own mind. Famous. Well, famous in his own mind, right? That kind of thing. Right. Or if he really had this giant notoriety, this giant persona that was out there throughout the Caribbean and maybe further throughout the world. Elizabeth just doesn't cite one example, but she throws out, vanished from under the eyes of seven agents of East India Company Sacked Nassau Port without ever firing a shot. And then she asked if he's the pirate she's read about or not. So he's in books? Well, yeah. I don't know if it's books so much as kind of these articles or newspaper articles or dime novels. I don't know if they were dime, penny novels or whatever they would be back then, the equivalent. Because she's actually read about him. She divulges that. She's heard of him. Yeah. If he were to say, you have heard of me, she'd be like, yeah, I've read all these stories about you and, he'd and be all these like, things. Yes. Exactly. So his typical response that he is Captain Jack Sparrow, he says that because it's supposed to mean something or have a particular connotation, is in fact true. Yeah. His reputation does precede him as someone who does in fact have a plan or things just seem to work out for him. As Carson was saying yesterday, he's kind of perpetually procrastinating or putting off his death. Things just kind of stumble and and work out for him right Right. now. So obviously Captain Jack does mean something. He says he's Captain Jack Sparrow. Now that actually means something, at least to someone like Elizabeth who is kept up on pirate knowledge or pirate lore, pirate legend.
0: Oh, she's kept up on a lot of pirate knowledge.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it really is true for her too because she's fascinated by pirates and their adventures. We talked about that quite a bit in multiple episodes. Although he is a pirate, he has that glorified status. She has built him up in her mind as well, because reading all those stories about yeah. him, stories that probably have been embellished, obviously, by the press. Be like the old West things, you know, Billy the Kid or something. They're all kind of glorified stories about these people. You can go watch Unforgiven and they call it the Duck of Death, the Duke of Death, actually. But he says the Duck of Death, <laughs> Gene Hackman's character. But it's those stories. I can't think of that guy's name who was... The British guy who was doing that. But anyways, Richard Harris was the character who played that. But this isn't Unforgiven. That's my point is that there's these stories about these living legends or writers make them living legends yeah. and embellish their stories. So she has read these same things that have built up Jack in right. her mind and probably a lot of other people that are reading about yeah. pirates. And that's what she is now wondering. Are you the pirate I've read about? If so, okay. So don't you have an immediate plan of action? Of course you will get us out of here and you'll get us out of here in time to save Will. Especially if I appeal to your ego. She appeals to his ego. She's saying all this stuff. Yeah. Aren't you the guy that did this and this and this? He's like, well, well yes, I am. Or at least that's what people think. And I'm going to just go ahead and say that I did. Right. And there you go. She knows what drives him, and she believes that maybe even by stroking his ego, she can escape because it will be just one more story for him to tell, or newspaper, or novel, or anybody to write about him. Yeah. You know, she could be the one who goes back and like, oh my god, I was trapped on an island with Jack Sparrow.
0: And he saved me. And he saved me. Yeah.
1: Now, unfortunately, the body language Jack is displaying when he kind of pushes her back means she is not going to get that... Daring, swashbuckling story that she wants. At least that's what I'm kind of reading into this. Because we don't look ahead in the minutes, folks.
0: Yeah, there's like no hope in this look.
1: Yeah, it really is a letdown. He actually looks like he's letting himself down. He's disappointed as well as maybe her.
0: It goes back to that same thing yesterday. Oh, there's a hope this time. He's got it in his head. I don't have a plan. I don't have an action plan. There's just no
1: hope. That's right. He's really
0: kind of down now which is the first time we've actually seen jack in this state of mind yeah that
1: was an excellent point by carson who brought that up yesterday this is really that first time that you see jack doesn't have like an immediate plan a b or c going on in his head this is will just screwed up my plan i know what's coming i'm back on this island we obviously never believed well you know, we never believed the whole sea turtle thing, except maybe Heather, who actually it. bought the sea turtle and the hair I've from done it.
0: What are you talking about? I know you
1: have, because that's a lot of back hair you have.
0: <laughs> well, no, I had rope. But
1: oh, you had rope? I yeah. thought it was that hair you used.
0: No, I actually had rope. Oh, well, but, then there you go. You know, I, I carry that in my back pocket. It's for emergencies.
1: And I don't know how much we should go further talking about this, because it comes up in the next minute. It's an interesting bit of Jack finally realizing... That he doesn't necessarily have a plan of escape here. Right. He's been on the island before. He knows what's going on and what's there. So something is leading us to believe that this is not going to go well. And you can see that all over his body language.
0: He's afraid he's going to have to use that last shot on Elizabeth. Or stab her.
1: Yeah. I think you got to use the stabbing.
0: Right? Because you can't stab yourself.
1: You can. They do it it's all the time. It's a bit
0: difficult.
1: Japanese in World War II.
0: With that big old...
1: I think it's called sep- seppuku... Seppuku? I
0: have no clue.
1: Like a ritual suicide? Okay. I I believe I speak fluent Chinese, not Japanese. So I'm <laughs> sorry on that.
0: So, but it that'd be more difficult than actually shooting yourself.
1: Yeah. It so it would be, it would be easier nerve.
0: just to shoot to stab her and shoot yourself.
1: Yeah, because you're gonna feel that longer. You right. Guys. Yeah.
0: So he's contemplating what he's gonna do in this situation when they start starving.
1: Why yourself feel the stabbing pain when you can have a woman next to you feel the stabbing. Pain.
0: There you go. <laughs> he's the one with all the cards here. Or all the weapons.
1: I think she's the type of person that would say, You can go ahead and use that on yourself. I'm gonna stick this out yeah. and see what I can do. Yeah. She's so not she's not up for that. No. Now that I think back, that's probably a lot of confusing stuff that I was just saying, so hopefully that all makes sense after we just talked about it. So I'm just going to move along and say nothing to see here, folks. Nothing to see. Or maybe there was something to see and it all worked out. But anyways, I think this is all coming together. of Cool Jack character backstory moments because we're actually seeing that he's not just a kind of blundering haphazard, just stumbles his way across plans and things work out for him just because he's like an even Steven kind of guy. Yeah. The the stars align for him. He really does. Well, maybe they do. But he really does have... All this other backstory that's happening where he was actually that hero legend pirate that we would read about and all come to love. Right. Or hate, depending on if he stole from you or that kind of stuff. But when he's on the island, he is really on a mission. I mean, as soon as he gets onto that island, it's straight from the beach, through the grass, his crazy steps, and a little Knocking bounce on, on the trees. sand. Yeah. Which appears to be concealing something under that sand. Yes. And we just don't see what it is.
0: What's a knocking on a tree going to do?
1: Well, that's what I have here. If you just listen to what I got. Oh,
0: you do, really? Yeah.
1: Some great writing and directing and acting, I think, also come together. Because as an audience, we are sold that Jack has a plan of escape. And moments after he's being marooned, he is already implementing this plan. At least from our perspective. And let's be honest. I think we're a bit excited to find out how he really escaped from the island last time. Unlike Heather, who we just talked about, believes the sea turtle story. But... We're going to find out what happened to Jack and how he really got off there. Because as soon as he gets on there, he's making a beeline across the island. Yeah.
0: He's got something in mind. Yeah. A
1: goal. That's exactly it. So there's something there. And, And as an audience, I'm going, okay, he knows how to, it's already he's going to be getting off this island. Yeah. Black Pearl's not even gone and he is already getting off this. Until then, the Elizabeth thing happens when they get through there. So I guess we probably should have reversed how we are talking about that. Because now people are <laughs> like, well, didn't you guys just say that? Yeah, we did. And now I jump backwards. Good okay, job, Scott. you caught me. Jump backwards. <laughs> got that
0: butterfly effect going.
1: Yeah, I do. And everybody's going, no, that just doesn't make any sense. He just told Elizabeth and now he has a plan? No. So, yeah, I got it backwards. Should it go- This is why you go in order. Damn it. The other thing this scene adds to the movie is that we really are making a pirate movie. It's official. Just didn't have to see Barbosa and Sparrow. Because a pirate movie of legend of Hollywood of really what we want to see. And when you want a real pirate movie, you can go see Captain Phillips, Somali pirates, all that kind of stuff. Or you can see a real pirate movie. And that means walking the plank, which we just had to walk the plank Yes. And now there is this build up to what I would call an X marks the spot. It's Disney kind of cartoony, but... Still believable for Jack, if you will. Because it's the buried treasure moment. The search for the buried treasure is happening here. There's no map, but you could say that there is a map in Jack's head. Uh Uh-huh. So he makes a beeline onto there. He looks at the palm trees. He finds one and he knocks on it. So it's obviously like he's looking for one that sounds a little bit hollow or has a certain ring to it. Right. Then you take x number of giant steps forward you know
0: <laughs> why is it always giant steps
1: you got to have the giant steps
0: how is that a step
1: cuz the baby steps are just you're there all day you know you got baby steps <laughs> what about or regular normal steps? steps normal steps you're there all day you really want to get to the treasure yeah as but fast how can
0: you possible. count it if it's giant steps when the map was made was it giant steps you notice all when anybody's looking for a tre- they have a treasure map Anytime they're looking for the X that marks the spot, they are always using these big old giant steps. Who wants to
1: go toe-to-toe? The
0: the person who made... Well, I'm not saying toe-to-toe. I'm saying normal steps. So the person who made the map, did they do these giant steps also?
1: I think Jack did this himself.
0: I mean, in general. This is just... In general? Anytime somebody's looking for for a treasure... The map, the X marks, spot, treasure type stuff. You always see them walking these big old giant steps.
1: Maybe giant steps are more accurate than regular steps. Maybe. When it all averages out for heights and leg heights of people. Giant steps are better. Maybe. That I don't know. This is something getting into the science. Now we're going to have to call Mythbusters. They're going to have to check the giant steps versus baby steps versus regular steps on a map and see how it averages out. But anyways, before Heather had to jump into the baby step thing and try to catch me on a technicality, he does the giant steps and then he gets to a place where he starts bouncing on the sand and obviously there's something buried under there. Buried treasure, walk the plank, all after an epic sea battle. Now we're talking pirate movie. Yes. That's what I have to say. And speaking of getting things in the movie like planks and treasures and all this stuff, we do get a role reversal with Barbosa and Jack. Which is actually rather interesting. It's the cat and mouse game that these two tricksters have been playing for the last decade, actually, since Jack lost the pearl. Maybe even before that. But since our arrival in The Curse of the Black Pearl, where we start to see their back and forth, yeah, we do see Barbosa have his treasure in his grasp. Ending the curse, only to be hijacked by Jack. Well, I mean, Jack brings Will aboard and then Will ultimately kind of runs off with it. But Jack is still kind of the catalyst that that created all this because he brought Will there in that step. So we'll just say that. Barbosa's prize was right in his fingertips, and then he lost it. Then Barbosa gets the medallion back, and again, he can taste the apple of his eye. See how I intertwined apple that he needed? Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm fist pumping it right now, guys. (laughs) (laughs) However, Jack had the pearl in his grasp with the secret Will Turner card, only to have that snatched from his hand. And now he's marooned on an island watching his ship sail away again. It was right there. The pearl of his eye was right there. (laughs) Another fist bump. We get a constant back and forth. Good versus evil. Light versus dark. Barbosa versus Jack. It's really this interesting interplay that's just back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. It's this upper hand thing that we've been talking about. So they're always pitted against each other in this game that seemingly almost has no end. It's like an Olympian punishment from the gods. Zeus punishes Sisyphus to roll the boulder up the mountain. And then almost right when he gets to the top, then the boulder falls back down all the way. And that happens for eternity. That's his punishment from Zeus. That's what these two are locked into. They're just locked into this. As soon as someone's just about to get what they want and their most desire, then it snatched right back from the other one. And then they go back and forth. They've been doing it for 10 years. Or at least that we've seen, right? For the last ninety six minutes, exactly. So there you go.
0: So, do you think Elizabeth has a rudder and a lot of sails hidden in her?
1: Oh, damn it! The I was gonna bring that I bodice forgot of about
0: her that. shift here.
1: I don't think she does. And I was gonna ask, what is, is that? A I gotta be delicate about this, and you know, oh, I'm not you better. Delicate. <laughs> you know, I'm not real delicate about these kinds of things. Is this? Is this a bust size comment? Is Jack commenting on her bust size?
0: Uh, In a way, because she couldn't. Well, she's so scantily dressed right now. I mean, she's practically naked. Is Is it it
1: a naked comment for the time? Well,
0: she's practically naked, and she naked for the
1: time. You should say. She's not. She's naked for okay. 18th century. She's not naked. I mean, she's oh. got this kind of dress-like thing on. It's <laughs> okay. called a shift, I think. Okay, but, yeah. She's
0: practically naked for the time, okay, or she is you. naked for the time. Yeah. Okay, and I mean, there's not much up there, so there's no way she could be hiding anything in that in that little dress thing she's wearing or the shift she's wearing.
1: That's right. You so know. she could. Yeah.
0: So he's just you know. Because poor. he looked
1: like he was looking down he at her chest. He was looking down at her
0: chest. I
1: know you can try and play that off, but he was kind of given the the booby eyes. He
0: was <laughs> just he call was. it what it is,
1: booby eyes, yeah. and he was looking. Boobie okay, eyes. are you looking at the? Okay, see, yeah, this is where I start talking real talk. hiding just anything thought, in there. Well, that's what I'm asking.
0: That's what I said. I just didn't bring in booby eyes.
1: Well, I was trying to be nice about it. God, this never There's works. There's no out hiding to me.
0: anything in there. So
1: there you There's go. There's nowhere
0: to hide anything in there.
1: Well, I get that, but I think he was just really making a comment on oh, her. Yeah, because and she's talked he, about he, it a lot he's too. He's telling her it's she's It's almost got like it's an inside joke because she's talked so much about this—the way that they enhanced her cleavage yeah. throughout the whole movie. Yeah. This is on interviews, in articles, on commentaries for the movies because she just says, "Yeah, I'm not that well endowed up there," and they had me in these dresses, so they're constantly pushing things up. They were airbrushing and painting on. So make it look like bigger cleavage. So she's talked about it. It's no secret. And then Jack comes in with this comment. It is almost really like it's an inside joke with the whole crew and stuff and her because of this.
0: Well, if you compare her to the women who had slapped him in Tortuga, right? Yeah. You see the women who slapped him in Tortuga.
1: Those fine upstanding women? Yes. No, compare I, I, I,
0: her to I, them.
1: What do you mean their hair color? I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: What? I didn't notice anything else. Are you talking about their hair color? Yeah.
0: Sure you didn't. <laughs>
1: I said it. I are think you in talk-
0: fact you brought it up. Oh, dare you? Oh you, you, no, you brought it up with um, Estrella actually. How dare you? Yeah.
1: How dare you say something like that? Hey, I am constantly focused on eye level. I know. I am so disparaged on this show. It's unbelievable. The the brutality that happens here is just insane. Really? Yeah, it is, and it's a shame that you had to go there on such a mm. upstanding show.
0: You're the one that said booby eyes.
1: That was gentle. It's <laughs> commenting about Jack, anyways. But yeah, I think that was an interesting comment, and that's why I'm saying I wonder if it's a behind the scenes inside joke deal yeah. going on, or it's just a joke for the audience that Jack did that. Maybe yeah. it's a little bit of both. I was going to bring up just a quick fact about the island that they're actually filming on. But I think I'll save that for Monday since they're still going to be on the island.
0: we see more of the island then.
1: Yeah, and we'll just go ahead and hold that. Especially since today is Friday. We already had a really long episode yesterday. Thought I'd give you guys a break. and Only make
0: this one 45 minutes.
1: No, we're not going to make it 45. (laughs) Well, who knows, maybe. So we'll just go ahead and get to really bad eggs. And that's our Friday segment where we highlight our favorite line from the last five episodes. So, Heather, what do you have for us this week? Since I still don't have any music or intro sound effect or anything like that. What? Yeah, I'm lazing about.
0: This week was a little hard, not because there weren't enough lines like it was last week, but there were so many great lines in this week. So it was a little difficult. I had a hard time just picking one.
1: You picked one, I hope. I only picked one. Okay, that's good.
0: So I decided to go with a distant cousin of my aunt's nephew, twice removed, lovely singing voice though, eunuch.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> you can't go wrong when there's eunuch in the line. You got
0: that right. <laughs> so I just thought, you know, for one thing, this, this distant cousin of my aunt's nephew's twice removed, blah, blah, blah. It just has doesn't make any sense. But he tries it with Barbosa. It didn't work.
1: It's the trickster moment. Yeah. It's a Bugs Bunny thing. It's a Dark Helmet Spaceballs moment. And the fact that he kind of called Will a eunuch yeah. in the beginning of the movie kind of closes that up, if you will. And Jack's I, still thinking about it.
0: Yeah. I think he's another thing is just trying to shut Will up. So Will does it. Because yeah. he knows Will's going to confess who he is. And I think he's just trying to shut Will up. But Will has no respect for Jack. And so he just, you know, keeps going. He has one
1: thing on his mind and that's saving Elizabeth. Yeah. And he doesn't care about anybody else because he can't even come up with, and we should have talked about this last time, anybody else to save besides Elizabeth when his terms are there. Yeah. And he kind of sees Jack pointing at himself and then it's like, well, make sure the crew are safe. Really? Unharmed crew? That's all you could come up with? So, yeah. Rash will. Only one thing on his mind. Didn't care about that. Or even for himself to say... You just take a little bit of my blood and then I'll walk away. Yeah. No, he didn't do that. Nope. Mine spans minute 93 and 94 because it's right on the end and the beginning.
0: You took a dot, dot, dot.
1: Kind of did, yeah. It's Barbosa talking to Will and he says, Don't dare impugn my honor, boy. I agreed she'd go free, but it was you who failed to specify when or where.
0: You know, I thought, I didn't think you were going to go with that one.
1: I did go with that one.
0: I figured you'd go with Rigetti.
1: I did, that but was I, didn't my want, guess. I didn't want to have to do the voice again.
0: <laughs> oh, what? <laughs>
1: exactly. Because then I'd have to sing the whole Brady Bunch song,
0: get into that.
1: And I sat down the other night for three or four hours. I finally wrote out a whole Brady Bunch to the tune of that Brady Bunch song, but in Curse of the Black Pearl. Awesome.
0: So, so we didn't hear that on No, Monday? I'm just kidding.
1: I didn't do that. In fact, I was sitting there just drilling in on something else for the the show, wasting my time with. Like, oh, I really got to find out a little tidbit about this. And then hours later, I'm going, why did I do that? There's nothing there.
0: (laughs) Of course you did that.
1: So for the quote, I mean, if there's one thing we need to know about Barbosa's character, it's this. He's conniving. He's a tricky bastard. And will make anything fit his narrative and his goals. So he's the guy who lawyers up and gets out on the technicality when we all know what Will Turner really negotiated for... But then you have that one guy, that Barbosa, who just twisted it until he could get out of it. Yeah. And we realized, you know, you just can't trust Barbosa. No. You can't trust a pirate. Honor is what they make of it, not what others necessarily think of them, and Barbosa defines his own honor, just like some of these pirates do. But what better way to tell your story than if you tell it yourself so you can spin it however you want? Exactly. So that's what Barbosa does. It also says something about will Well, it backs up what we already know about Will, I should say. He's still on his way of becoming a pirate because he has not yet learned his Jack Sparrow lesson that a pirate won't fight or negotiate fairly. Will might be on the path to becoming a pirate, but he is an honorable person at heart still, right? I mean, he's honorable to the core. He sees the world with everyone abiding by a moral and honor code. Not the pirate code, which is what he (laughs) should be going by. And that's his failing here. I mean, he just... Did not have enough experience yet in dealing with pirates to play the game according to their rules. Right. Unfortunately, Elizabeth could have stepped up, like I said before. And I'm not going to get angry about that again. But yeah, she could have stepped up and helped them. But also, unfortunately, this seem to be ending on a good note. An honorable note. Man, that really does leave a bad taste in my mouth. It's like yeah, pirate blasphemy. Weird. It is.
0: On a Friday, even. and yeah. Oh, wow. That means me everybody's got to deal with that. Feeling all weekend. Yeah, they
1: do. They're like, oh, we have to end on honor? Yeah. Where's the blood? Where's where's cheating pirate action? No, exactly. just honor. Honorable Will, our hero. So obviously I need some ramen to go see Dead Men Tell No Tales. That you do. Hope everyone enjoys the movie. You too. That's all I got. Anything for you?
0: Nope, that's it for me.
1: And we'll be back on Monday with Minute 97 of The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then... You know, let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. It's a long weekend. Just keep it to a freaking minimum.
0: Now, get me my grog.
1: Heather! Heather! Piney, she always disappears right after the show. Get me my grog, she says. Probably at the Faithful Bride Tavern. Again. Heather, are you in there?
0: Bring me my grog, you scurvy barkeep.
1: Mother's love, what are you doing in here? We always take off before telling everyone where they can find us, where the after party is, and how their voicemail may be featured on the show. So get on with it, Savvy! I'm
0: disinclined to acquiesce to your request. That means no.
1: I know what it means. It means you're getting another rum, and I'm thanking the listeners. Thanks for listening, Scallywags. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out, and we'd greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637PIRATE. You just might feature your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at BlackPearlMinute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook, our Facebook listeners group, and on Twitter. If you're interested in best-of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are on BlackPearlMinute.com. It's that easy. Now get out of here, you filthy bilge rats.